Thanks for tuning in to the Athletic Scholarship Corporation Radio Network. Heard worldwide on www.athleticscholarshipcorp.com. Your source for college recruiting help, training advice, motivation, and more from pro athletes, coaches, celebrities, and entrepreneurs worldwide. everybody, AJ Hodel, CEO and founder of the Athletic Scholarship Corporation. Today I have a special guest, always everybody special in our network and our family. Um, Rob Partridge is an alumni of Massillon Washington High School, historic, nationally known program. Uh, Paul Brown, there's a big history there. And I personally know Robert, dealt with him in his recruiting process. Um, as you may or may not know, folks that are, tune in and listen, watch these video blogs. Our organization was one of the first on record to be hired and showcase on, EHP, uh, on ESPN in 2009, we started working with Robert and his teammates and, and all the different athletes at Maslin under contract to help them with the recruiting process. Looking back, Robert, um, 2010, you're killing it. I was just talking to my wife yesterday. I said, you know, Robert's a different one. It's kind of a guy that I would have played for. Had what they call swag, but wasn't verbally abusive or too cocky just led by action, really even keel guy. And I think your dad had a big part in that for sure. It's kind of hard when your dad's coaching, he's right there. But can you revisit 2010 and, and work with another organization? And I know you had eight or nine offers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we did your highlight tape and we, you know, we hit the pavement hard on the phone and the fax machine and, and mail. But can you, can you recall that process and, and how that went for you? Yeah, I think uh, AJ, you hit it on the uh, uh, the nail with when it comes to like my dad. You know, like my dad would sat me down. Uh, I'd say probably like my sophomore year in high school and said, "Hey, like if you're going to be the mass entire quarterback, there's a certain way you have to conduct yourself. You know, there's a certain way that you have to talk to people, and uh, there's things that you can and can't do." I really took that to heart. Um, but I would say that the process was uh, it was a bit stressful just because you have all these schools calling you. You're a 16, 17, 18 year old kid. And you don't, you don't fully want, uh, you don't fully know what to do with your life, right? So um, I think between that and playing and actually producing on the field, it definitely added pressure. Um, but it was fun. It was fun being able to um, get recruited, talk to different coaches, um, and then almost be like a, like you're a, you're a commodity, right? So like you're, you're trying to, you're trying to like sell yourself and people are trying to get you to the next level. And not, that's just not the coaches, but people like yourself and um, family and friends. Um, so it's, it was definitely, it was definitely a once in a lifetime thing. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, you, I mean, you performed on the field and you, you had a big arm, you had the size and speed and, you know, Devin Smith, those guys, and some of the guys that went to the NFL and that, that helps to have that cast. Um, moving on and, and looking back at that process, what do you think maybe we could have done better as an organization or as coaches to prepare you for the truth and the lies of the process and what you get in college. I mean, you hear one thing, you hear a great commercial, this is going to be fun, and they take you on that visit, right? You go on a visit, and you got the jersey, and you're all happy, and then you show up to camp. I remember in the 90s when I showed up to camp, I said, I wish I was became a Marine. This is tough. Yeah. What do you look back, and what advice could you give to a student athlete and a parent about, hey, this is what it's really going to be like? 
<clears throat> you know, the advice I would give is they're all basically going to say the same thing, right? They're all going to say like, hey, you're talented. We want you to come here. If you come here, you have a great chance to play and we'll do our best to get you to the next level. Um, so the advice I would say is really listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. Listen to people around you who care about you and visit the places and you'll know like talking to different coaches and the guys on the team talk to the guys on the team especially because I mean they're in it they're in it they've gone through it and kind of like picture yourself in each program that's recruiting you and when you just finally make that decision get that feeling make it fully fully commit to it um, I had the opportunity to play all three levels. And when I when I was committed to Miami, Ohio, I was just kind of, I went to the campus. Uh, Coach Haywood came and talked to my family, and it seemed like a good fit. So you got to kind of do what's best for you because all the coaches who are recruiting you are going to tell you the same thing. You can play. You're good. Uh, we want you here. We can get you to the next level. But you got to make sure you got to do what's best for you and your family. Why did you bounce around? I know my answer, you know, and I did the same thing. I went from high level down to the to the D3, and to be honest, it's all competitive as hell. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, the guy's an inch too short or a step off, and that's it. Sometimes the D3 guys play with more heart. So I remember playing against high-level guys, and they'd play at a high level for two plays and take five off, and that was the difference. It was I've got all these God-given tangibles, check every box, but I don't have the heart, whereas a D3 guy – has a chip on his shoulder, something to prove. What do you feel like you you moved on because you wanted to start right away and you're impatient? Because that's kind of the way I looked at it. You know, I, I, I kind of complain, say these guys today and these girls today, they, they want to play tomorrow. And then I think, you know, that's kind of a, a bigotry comment because when I, when I was there, I wanted to play. You, you never go into this going, I don't want to play. So do you think right. you could have been more patient or do you think something could have been done differently? Yeah, I think that had a little bit of a factor into it. I could have been more patient. Um, but at the same time, again, it just goes back to fit, right? So at Miami, Ohio, we obviously we won the MAC championship. I was sitting behind a, a future NFL quarterback, and I wanted to play. You know, I wanted to play. A new coaching staff came in, and I just – it's not that I didn't fit with the coaching staff, but I just chose to leave because I missed home a little bit. I missed that hey, you're the quarterback, you know, you're the you're QB1, that guy. Um, so I ended up transferring to Notre Dame. And luckily enough, um, I had like what, eight or nine yeah, high school teammates at Notre Dame. Yeah, so it was basically like we, we always made this running joke, Maslin North, you know, when it came to Notre Dame College. Um, so I think to answer your question, yes, I could be more a little bit more patient, but the same time, um, it's also that fit, you know, like stacking that master's degree. So the biggest thing for me was like, hey, get a degree, get a good degree, and then play, you know, and then play, find, find your path on the field, and then socially. So, yes, I could have been more patient, but at the uh, same time, it's about the fit. And what wanted to do outside of football we're getting a little bit of internet lag but we'll get through this um yeah. move on to Hiram you 
you know, I, I, and I watched the documentary and we'll get into that momentarily, but your, some of your comments were like, you, you just felt like, man, this is just rock bottom for me. And, 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 you know, it's a different, you know, let's talk about Hiram for a moment because it, it, you know, I, what I looked at and when, what, when I look at it from an outsider looking in, it was like a championship moment for you. And we'll talk about that at the end, championship moments. But, you know, you, you go there and it, it, you probably weren't welcome arms on your end saying this is my new home. I mean, how did that work out for you? Yeah, at first it was just like I'm a Division One player. You know, I came from Maslin, went to a Division One school, won a MAC championship. And then you go to a Division Three school whose facilities – weren't even close to my high school. So, and that was the know, biggest problem close. with Maslin was trying to get you guys yeah. and not you because we knew you were going D1. Jason Hall and I, we talked about Devin, you, you know, uh, Jeff Myers. There's a handful of guys we knew were just, you know, with or without our help, they're going D1. Um, but the other guys, what we call the tweeners, everybody used to run off to Mount Union, and that's probably the only D3 that's even comparable to the same facility. So you go to Hiram and you go, just, just send me back to Maslin, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's just like send me back to NASA because this is, we, we practice, we, not only do we practice outside, um, but like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, just a, it was just wild transition, but I really went to Hiram to kind of like resurrect my career. You know, I went to Hiram to resurrect my career academically and also athletically. Um, and I went there and I, it was always a culture shock to me. It was a culture shock to me because like, as you know, division three, they don't have, full ride scholarships for athletics. Uh, so I went there luckily enough because my academics were pretty good. I did receive some academic scholarships, um, but it was hard. It was hard because a lot of guys haven't seen the level of success that I had seen and what it took to get to that level of success. And when we, when I first got there, Hiram hadn't won in 26 years, you know, like we hadn't had a winning season in 25, 26 years. So what's the process to get from being a losing program to winning program? We didn't turn that all around within a year, year and a half. And luckily because I had a background, I could do that. Um, and it was, it was tough, but honestly, Hiram saved my life. You know, um, I switched majors and I was able to, take what I was learning in the classroom and put it onto the athletic playing field, you know, and that's, that's kind of hard. Um, but also the relationships that I developed at Hiram benefited me. Yeah. And they're, and they're lifelong. And, and, and when we talked before we, we got on record here and one of the first things I said to you is, man, I haven't seen you and it's been 11 years. And last time I saw yeah. you was, you know, walking off the field and, and finishing the season and kind of doing our job and, and saying, good, we got it. You know, another guy's moving on. It worked out. And, um, you know, we'll talk about April 21st, if I got the date right, 2018, right? May 21st. Yep. Oh, for some reason I have a note said April. So May 21st, no, okay. 2018, <laughs> you call it now daily defying odds. Um, you know, and one thing I got to say, and it's hard because I'm thinking, how do I say this? Um, but as former athletes, we never feel sorry for each other. We go, right. he's going to champion this. He's going to figure it out. And how can I help in that process? And that's one of the things I regret is that we haven't talked before this and that it takes 
something or this some, some sort of event like this where we try to lobby and help each other as former athletes. Um, but, you know, I, I woke up this morning getting ready to go in the office and I said, I just, you, you don't feel sorry for people. You know they're strong and they know they're going to make this. And, and I firmly believe that sometimes you're picked for things because you have a different level of handling it and, and you're going to make this be something bigger than, than you or I. And that's something I thought about really heavily and that's what this is about today. I know um, you're back home, you're with your family, you're back at Maslin where everybody loves you, of course. Anybody that's gone to Maslin, everybody loves you and the whole community never forgets about you. It's a great community for football. Um, I know they're doing an event at 7.30, it starts, correct, against St. Ed's on Friday, yep. 17th. We're going to have a link in this, um, you know, YouTube postings, all of our podcasts, there's going to be a link where we can talk about your GoFundMe and, and your initiative and your whole team of people, which seem like a great crew of people. I've watched the documentary. But can you talk about the, the 21st and, and just kind of lead us into that and, and where you're at now? Absolutely. So, at the time of my injury, uh, I had a family reunion down in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, but I was working at Indiana University in the athletic uh, department. Uh, I was driving back from the family reunion. I was 15 minutes away from my apartment in Indiana. Made the drive about eight hours, about 7, 45, uh, 7 hours, 45 minutes, 15 minutes away from my apartment. Um, and I ended up flipping my car um, on the other side of the road. I swerved a little bit. And uh, something came up on the side of my car. My car flipped three or four times, ended up on the other side of the road. And I was immediately paralyzed from my neck down. Couldn't feel anything, move anything from the neck down. Um, they did immediate surgery to alleviate the spinal cord um, and uh, stabilize my neck. So um, in layman's terms, I broke my neck. Um, and from there, I was, I was blessed enough to have a group of people around me including my girlfriend at the time, um, Jeremy Geyer, my best friend. Um, um, and then uh, my, my family members traveled to the hospital. And it was just a very vulnerable time, you know, very vulnerable time because at the time I didn't want – it's not that I didn't want to share what was going on, but being a private person naturally, you just don't want that out. You know, you don't want it out immediately. Um, but I needed help. You know, I needed help. I needed to – um get my story out there and let people know what's going on and also because because spinal cord injury is such a delicate issue such a delicate injury i didn't know what was out there so um i was able to um, find a place where i could live and kind of um kind of uh rehab start rehab and get better um, but I honestly, AJ didn't start working out and, and, and getting to the point I'm at today, um, until like a year later when I moved to Florida and I moved to Florida because, uh, to be frank, there's just really no resources in this area when it comes to, um, paralysis recovery and, uh, Florida has that. And I eventually moved to Florida um, again, really couldn't move anything from my neck down um, or feel anything from my neck down. Um, but I've been down there for about a year and a half, two years now, and I can now raise my arm below above my neck. Um, I can't throw those 70-yard bombs at Devin Smith yet, but, like, I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. You know, like, I can lift up my right arm, move it out. 
Um, so it's definitely been a long journey, but it's definitely taught me a lot. It's taught me a heck of a lot of gratitude. It's taught me really to, um, it's taught me to really value the people around you and really live in the moment. And daily defying odds comes from a time in the hospital when I, I was sitting with one of my friends and I had a very weak moment, you know, like I was just crying, boohooing, just asking him why it's me. Why, why would God do this? Why, why this, that, and the other? And my friend just kind of looked at me like, well, are you going to, are you going to do what the doctors told you to do and just never walk again and never move again, which is that that's what the odds say is like, the odds aren't very good. Or are you going to daily defy the odds? And that just kind of hit me one day, you know, and, um, every day that I roll on this earth, I'm defying the odds, you know, like I'm not supposed to be alone in, in my hotel talking to you, you know, because I might drop this, I might drop that, but here I am, here I am able to uh, move around and do some things independently, other things need help, but um, I'm at a level in my life where I can live somewhat independently. I've seen you doing some crazy workout stuff and getting the legs going and, and I'm just like, he's not, there's just no way he's going to do right. it. And, and you, and you see it and they call it a miracle and it's part miracle. It's, it's 90% what you do. And if you lay there and you know, it's it just, you know, even us healthiest folks, if we lay around, we get fat and out of shape and get sick. So, um, you know, kudos to you on that fight and, and I have a lot of respect for you. And, and that's why, to kind of run to reconnect and say, how can I help? And, you know, let's talk about the financial aspect. That's probably more painful than some days waking up and, and fighting the fight. Um, yes. I'm, I'm sure, you know, not to get too personal or, in, or into your finances personally, but what sure. what's the capital outlay? I mean, what what's the dollar amount that you think a, a month that these specialists and, and, you know, you're in a very specialized market of, rehabilitation and you're, you know, like you said, in Florida, what's financially, I mean, what's the burden? Obviously everybody's trying to help raise money and that's, that's the goal. And, and this is a, it's a expensive process to you know, be blindly honest. So, yeah, let me start with like my actual like rehab and uh, working out. It's about a hundred dollars a session, a session to work out for an hour. And I work out two hours a day, three hours a week, or oh, not three hours a week, uh, three days a week. Um, so that adds up. Um, and then my, my rental cost is about $1,600. And I, it's so expensive down in Florida and where I live because it's just such a centralized lo location. Um, so I'd say around like four grand a month. <laughs> yeah, before you even do anything for yourself. <laughs> you know, you're just yeah. trying, to, trying to get back on your feet, literally. And yeah, trying to lift a pencil. You know, trying to lift a pencil and write stuff like that. It's really, it's really tough financially, but luckily we, I've, I have some great supporters and luckily we have done some dynamic, great things on my GoFundMe. Um, so if people are able to donate or, or support me, that all goes to me eventually walking again, me eventually being able to write again, uh, me eventually being able to throw football again. So are you, and I think expanding off of that, and, and knowing your character, you know, from knowing you for, for as long as we've known each other, I would think if you had an abundance of extra, you you probably got a, a cause to help others already planned. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think like 
because September spinal cord injury awareness month, um, I kind of take it personally, obviously, because I spinal, spinal cord injury. Uh, but come Friday, Friday, so Friday, uh, St. Ed's game, Maslin versus Lakewood St. Edward. Um, they're they're kind of just doing a um, kind of like a fundraiser for me at halftime, and that, that's definitely going to be huge when it comes to raising raising money and and reconnecting with people and saying thank you. Yeah, and I, and I'm I think it's going to be a big deal. Obviously, there's probably going to be about ten thousand plus people there. It's a, it's mayhem there. I remember looking around and going, you know, when we when I was coaching recruiting there it was I've never seen jet fighters over a high school stadium and. You know, no. uh, Rachel Nichols was there. Remember all that? I mean, just title town and yep. title some town. good memories for you, I'm sure. And even for me, yeah. just being, you know, helping there as, as you know, re the recruiting guy. Um, let's talk about, you know, championship moments for you. You know, looking back at just life and being that young kid and saying, I'm going to be the masculine quarterback. And then you go to college and then you're in this battle. And, and I know you're getting ready to, to get back to work, if I'm not mistaken, and, and you know, unless you're back at work already, I don't know. I read something about in June or, you know, that's documentary. Yep. Um, but, you know, championship moment for you, just looking back at everything, be it right now, the, the battle you're in or the battles on the field, what would be your championship moment? Yeah, that's an interesting question because I think I approached this injury. Not Obviously, it's not a game. Like, this is real life. It's not a game. But when I first got injured, spinal cord injury was up 42 to 7. 7 just because I scored 42 because I was spinal cord injury and it's a new reality. Um, but I, I would say the number one championship moment so far in this injury has been uh, moving to Florida. Moving to Florida and having the opportunity to work out every day and, and live the life that I need to live. Um, but I wouldn't be able to approach those moments if not for my time at Maslin you know, at Maslin or uh, at Hiram, at Miami, Ohio, um, and being able to not only succeed, but being able to sustain success. And that's tough, you know, sustain, sustain sex, success and keep on going. Um, I would definitely say having the opportunity to play with guys like Devin Smith, Justin Olak, Bo Grunder, Jeff Myers, uh, Josh Remark, um, winning a regional championship, playing, um, playing Kent McKinley for the second time, in my high school career, uh, in, in our senior year, win the regional championship. That's a championship moment. Going on to Miami, Ohio, and win the MAC championship as a freshman, definitely a championship moment. Um, and then going on to Hiram and turning that program around and having a non-losing winning, uh, non-losing season championship moment. That all led up to me learning how to win in other avenues of my life, you know, and taking those winning principles and putting them at use and definitely using them every day, especially in this injury. Well, you're definitely going to walk again. I'm putting the money on you. Um, and I, and I know you're putting the work in and I think right now your arms are moving great. I think you could point and scream at some kids if you're ready to coach. <laughs> Omaha, Omaha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are you, have you aspirations of coach or? I know you got your hands full of it right now, but is is that in the in the cards? Uh, it's actually something I talked about talked about with my dad over the last several months. Um, I've always like after my uh, after my career, I've coached quarterbacks like private coaching, um, but I've never actually been on like a coaching staff. 
it's something I think about. Um, it's definitely something that um, is interesting to me. Um, I think definitely the recruiting world is interesting to me because looking back on like my life and my career, recruiting such a, a huge part of the story, you know, like how do you fit in the system? Um, what, what is your pros? What are your cons? That's definitely something I can foresee myself doing recruiting. Um, I can see myself uh, doing like player personnel. So it's definitely something that I have a deep interest in and I have to get some thought to. So. Well, ironically, we're hiring. <laughs> um, we're, it's a digital world now. Everything for us is Zoom. Um, I mean, down to drone planes going and shooting video. Um, wow. you know, coaches just cannot cover the ground. And obviously, COVID has really pushed people to change in, in, I don't want to say conform, but that's just the reality. That's the way it's going to be going forward is, you know, the tape doesn't lie. The ACT, SAT right. doesn't lie. The transcripts don't lie. Um, and, you, you know, we can talk and meet with coaches. And, and, and I, I think that may be something we talk about off record. And um, you've been through the process. You know our work product, obviously, you know, firsthand. Absolutely. Um, we can't make you any better than you really are. We're just a messenger. We're great at marketing, great at technology, but you've got to, you know, you've got to bring it every week um, and, and close the deal. And, and that's, you know, what it takes. Last thing we're going to end here is what's your best advice, one, to a student athlete about this recruiting process, and the second, trying to look at it as a parent, envision yourself later, you've got, you know, a son or a daughter going through this process. What would be your best advice, second part of the question, to the parent about this process? Wow, those are two good questions. Uh, too good, yeah. I should have I sent think, you these ahead of time, right? But I did. No, 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 you're good. I, I like you. It's uh, not really spitball, spitballing, but like going from the hip. Right. Um, as a student athlete, um, I would say first, I, I worked at Purdue. I worked at Indiana with student athletes. And I'll tell you this. If you're good, they're going to find you. One. Two, are you ready to um, reach those demands? Because once they recruit you and once you sign on the dotted line, you got to be able to produce, you know? So, and that's a lot of pressure. Are you able to handle the pressure? And to do that, you got to be a, a mature person and say, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at. I need help with this. So don't be afraid to ask for help. And if, you want to be successful, you will, you will be successful. That's what I'll tell the student athlete is always listen to your coaches, listen to your teammates, um, and listen to your teachers, you know, uh, because there's a lot of times where um, there's guys where they have the talent, all, all the talent in the world, but they're not eligible to get to the next level. They, they don't have the, the, the acumen, the resume. So to do that, yeah, go to class, listen to your teachers, listen to your coaches, get tutoring when, when possible, hit the books hard. Um, but again, if you're good, you're good. They'll find you. What I would tell the parents, I would tell the parents um, to listen to your kids, listen to your kids like, and ask them, hey, what, what do you think about this school? What do you, where do you want to go? What are you looking in a school? Ask them questions, um, but don't be, don't hover over them or like, or engulf yourself into their story. Just be a resource almost, you know, like it's not you getting recruited. It's your son or daughter, you know, and, and, and this time in their life is going to be one of the highlights of their life. Uh, so, so take all the recruiting visits with them. If they, that's what they want you to do, 
but don't be overbearing and always just be supportive, be supportive of their decision because you're, you're going to be part of the decision. Yeah, that's great advice because one of the biggest things that I deal with and, you know, I've been doing this going on 18 years now is when you really get a guy in a room and you close the door and say, what do you really want? Where do you think you fit? There's a lot of times a parent somewhere in the background that may be an overzealous dad that was a former great high school player and just didn't translate. Maybe he, you know, had the child early and didn't get a chance to play in college. So he's really pushing for his or her son, you know, to be that player and move the legacy. And they don't realize that they're burning that student athlete out. I've seen it actually at Maslin with your class with a couple dads. I'm not going to name any names, but I've yep. seen it and I go, this kid's going to hit burnout. I could see it. Um, so I think that's great advice. Um, and when I talk to kids, I always say, look, at the end of the day, if you could go to Ohio State and you get a full ride and you never see the field, that's the deal. That's the, the, the devil in the detail. You're going to sign it and you're going to sit there and watch, but you're going to get a scholarship. You're going to say you're on Ohio State's team. Or would you rather go to Notre Dame or Hiram and earn your keep and play and be a part of a program? Which one would you pick? And I guarantee you in private that that athlete would say, I'd rather go where I'm going to play. Right. Because at the end of the day, you want to play. You know, like – you're an athlete, <laughs> right. you know, you're an athlete, you, you want to play, you want to have fun, you want to have that college experience. And yes, other people want to uh, just be Ohio State Buckeye, which is okay too. I appreciate your time. Um, you know, obviously we're anywhere when people are viewing this, you're going to see the link. There's going to be a great video, whoever did a documentary on that, they did a phenomenal job. Um, you know, I encourage coaches, parents, student athletes, you know, at the high school, college level that are watching this and getting some great advice from a player that played at every level, played a high level, played at one of the toughest schools in the country, um, and is dealing with a little speed bump, as one of my friends would call it. When I've dealt with some adversity, you know, you always would say it's just a speed bump. Um, but, I, you know, Rob Partridge, I appreciate your time. Um, hope to see you and connect at that game. And, uh, you know, I hope people really realize the fight that you're fighting and, and um, you know, donate a little bit or help out, spread the message, do something, even if it's five bucks, if it's a hundred bucks, whatever it is. Um, this is a, you know, a great cause. And I know you're going to expand and help others with it. And I think you're going to be a champion. You know, I appreciate you greatly taking the time out. I know you're busy. You just got into town from Florida. Enjoy the weird weather. <laughs> um, <laughs> and hopefully we connect on Friday at the game. Sounds good. AJ, thank you so much for having me on the show and thank you for reconnecting with me. It's definitely been an honor and a pleasure. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Athletic Scholarship Corporation Radio Network. Heard worldwide on www.athleticscholarshipcorp.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more college recruiting help, training advice, motivation, and more from pro athletes, coaches, celebrities, and entrepreneurs worldwide.